0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Classes of Mail. My name is Alan Gigax, and today we are going to be reading Article 9 in our continuing effort to get all the way through the JCAM. It looks like this is going to be a standalone episode, and then we'll obviously move on to Article 10 next. So uh, today I am going to be reading in the supervisor's accent, so that should be a fun one. And let's go ahead and get started. <clears throat> Article 9, Salaries and Wages. Article nine is the central wage article of the national agreement. It sets forth the amounts and timing of salary increases, including general wage increases and cost of living adjustments (COLA). Nine point one, Section one, Salary and wage schedule. <laughs> All right, the uh, I don't think the supervisor accent is going to work for this one. Let's. Um, there's some really long sections of contract here, so I'm just going to go with my standard southern gentleman. Let's try that again. Section 1 Salary and wage, wage Schedules Employees with career opportunities before January 12, 2013 shall be paid and earn step increases according to the rates and waiting periods outlined in Table 1. Employees appointed to career positions on or after January 12, 2013 shall be paid and earn step increases according to the rates and waiting periods outlined in Table 2. Section 2 Basic Annual Salary Effective November 23rd, 2019, the basic annual salary for each grade and step of Table 1 and Table 2 shall be increased by an amount equal to 1.1% of the basic annual salary for the grade and step in effect on the date of this agreement. Effective November 21st, 2020, the basic annual salary for each grade and step of the Table 1 and Table 2 shall be increased by an amount equal to 1.1% of the basic annual salary for the grade and step in effect on the date of this agreement. Effective November 20th, 2021, the basic annual salary for each grade and step of Table 1 and Table 2 shall be increased by an amount equal to 1.3% of the basic annual salary for the grade and step in effect on the date of this agreement. Effective November 19, 2022, the basic annual salary for each grade and step of Table 1 and Table 2 shall be increased by an amount equal to 1.3% of the basic annual salary for the grade and step in effect on the date of this agreement. See memo page 178. General Wage Increases. Article 9.2 provides for four general wage increases of 1.1, 1.1, 1.3, and 1.3% through November 19, 2022. Part-time Flexibles. The, quote, proportional application to hourly rate employees, end quote, means that part-time flexibles, PTFs, who are paid on an hourly basis and have no guaranteed annual salaries receive these raises in their hourly rates. 9.3. Section 3. Cost of Living Adjustment. A. Definitions. 1. Consumer Price Index refers to the National Consumer Price Index for Urban Wage Earners and Clerical Workers, published by the Bureau of Labor Labor Statistics, United States Department of Labor, 1967, equals 100, and referred to herein as the Index. 2. Consumer Price Index Base refers to the Consumer Price Index for the month of July 2019 and is referred to herein as the Base Index. B. Effective Dates of Adjustment. Each eligible employee covered by this agreement shall receive cost of living adjustments upward in accordance with the formula in Section 3.C below effective on the following dates the second full pay period after the release of the January 2020 index, the second full pay period after the release of the July 2020 index, the second full pay period after the release of the January 2021 index, the second full pay period after the release of the July 2021 index. (laughs) The second full pay period after the release of the January 2022 index. The second full pay period after the release of the July 2022 index. The second full pay period after the release of the january twenty twenty three index. C. The basic salary schedules provided for in table one and step O of the table two of this agreement shall be increased one cent per hour for each full zero point four of a point increase in the applicable index of the base index. D. Steps A through N in the basic salary schedules provided for in Table 2 of this agreement shall receive COLAs calculated using the formula in Paragraph C, adjusted proportionally to each step's percentage of Step O. Step AA of the hourly basic rates for part-time flexible employees provided for in this in Table 2 of this agreement, shall receive COLA calculated using the same formula in Paragraph C, adjusted proportionally to its percentage of Step O. E, effective November nineteenth, 2022, Table 1 and Step P of Table 2 shall receive COLAs calculated using this formula in Paragraph 3, Paragraph C. Also effective November nineteenth, 2022, Steps A through O, including step AA of the hourly basic rates for part-time flexible employees in the basic salary schedule provided for in Table 2 of this agreement, shall receive COLA's calculated using the formula in paragraph C adjusted proportionally to each step's percentage of step P. F. In the event the appropriate index is not published on or before the beginning of the effective payroll period, any adjustment required will be made effective at the beginning of the second pay period of the, at the beginning of the second payroll period after publication of the appropriate index. G. No adjustment, retroactive or otherwise, shall be made due to any revision which may later be made in the published figures for the index for any month mentioned in three point B above. H. If during the life of this agreement the BLS ceases to make available the CPIW 1967 equals 100, the parties agree to use the CPIW 1982-84 to 84 equals 100 at such time as BLS ceases to make available the CPIW 1967 equals 100. At the time of change to the CPIW nineteen eighty two to eighty four equals one hundred, the cost of living formula in section three point three or section three point C will be recalculated to provide the same cost of living adjustment that would be under the formula using CPIW nineteen sixty seven equals one hundred. Seven cost of living adjustments. Article 9.3 provides for seven cost-of-living adjustments, also known as COLA raises, at the six-month intervals starting the second full pay period after the release of the January 2020 CPIW. <clears throat> the Consumer Price Index. COLA raises are, are variable and based on the rise in the Consumer Price Index, which Article 9.3.8.1 defines as the, new, the National Consumer Price Index for Urban Wage Earners and Clerical Workers, or CPIW published monthly by the U.S. Department of Labor's Bureau of Labor and Statistics, BLS. The BLS also publishes a different index known as the Consumer Price Index for All Urban Consumers, or CPI-U, which is the CPI widely reported in the news. The Consumer Price Index, either CPI-W or CPI-U, tracks the cost of a fixed market basket of goods each month, The cost of this market basket is set equal to 100 points in a given base year so that the later price changes may be compared to it. The base year of the CPIW used in the National Agreement is 1967. In December 1995, the CPIW, 1967 equals 100, was 449.5. This means it cost about four and a half times as much to produce the same marks, market basket of goods in December 1995 as it did in 1967. Article 9.3.8.2 establishes the CPIW of July 2019 as the base index which is used to determine COLA increases during the term of the agreement. Article 9.3.b sets the time of each COLA increase to follow shortly after the BLS's release of the CPIW at six-month intervals. COLA formula. Article 9.3.c states the formula on which COLA raises are based. One cent per hour for each full four-tenths of a point increase above the base index. So, for example... The January 1996 CPIW was 451.9, which was 2.3 points above the base index of 449.6. 0.4 divides five times into 2.3, with a 0.3 remainder. So the first COLA raise under the agreement was 5 cents per hour, or multiplying, 20, multiplying by 2,080 annual hours, $104 annually. Similarly, the July 1996 CPIW was 459.7, another 7.8 points higher than the January index of 451.9. With the 0.3 remainder from the first increase, the additional rise above the base was 8.1 points, dividing by 0.4 yields 20 cents per hour with a 0.1 remainder. 2,080 hours times 20 cents per hour equals $416 annually, the amount of the 1996 National Agreement's second COLA raise. Article 9.3c also provides that each COLA raise shall become part of basic salary. Potential CPI change. Article 9.3h ensures the continuity of COLA provisions should be the bl ensures the continuity of COLA provision should the BLS decide to discontinue the CPIW 1967 equals 100 during the, ter- during the contract's term. If that should happen, the parties will instead use the CPIW 1982 to eighty four equals 100, which measures, measures price increases the same way, but with a base of 1982 to 1984 equals 100. In addition, Article 9.3C's COLA formula would be changed to ensure that carriers receive COLA raises equal to what they would have received under the CPIW 1967 equals 100. <clears throat> Different CPI bases. Although the 1982-84 base CPIW reflects the same percentage increases in prices, it produces less numerical increase than the CPIW 1967 equals 100 for the same percentage increase in inflation. For example, from December 1994 to December 1996, the CPIW 1982-84 to 84 equals 100, rose from 147.2 to 155.9, an increase of 8.7 points. During the same time period for the CPIW 1967 equals 100, it rose from 438.6 to 464.3, a rise of 25.7 points. The two indexes measured the identical price increase, and both rose by 5.9% in the two-year period. However, the numerical point increases are different, 8.7 points versus 25.7 points. Under the current COLA language, the 25.7-point increase in the CPIW 1967 equals 100 divided by 0.4 yields a COLA raise of $0.64 per hour. But if COLA raises were based on the CPIW 1982-84 to equals 100, the point increase of 8.7 points would yield, when divided by 0.4, 21 cents per hour. This is why a switch to the CPIW 1982-84 to equals 100 would, necess- would necessitate a revision of the COLA formula. And if you could understand all that with me reading it, good on you. Basic salary versus base salary. The 1994 to 1998 National Agreement brought an end to a decades-long practice in letter carriers compensation. It eliminated the difference between basic salary increases and cost of living adjustment raises, which had been known as basic salary increase or as base salary increases. As a result, all cola increases since the 1994 agreement are immediately made part of the basic salary used to compute retirement benefits. Since the 1970s, national agreements had differentiated between negotiated general wage increases of a fixed percentage or flat amount and COLA increases, which are variable based on the rise in the Consumer Price Index, CPI. The general wage increases were added to so-called basic salary, a term that appeared in 1978, which is the basis for calculating retirement benefits under the Civil Service Retirement System, CSRS, and Federal Employees Retirement System, FERS. <clears throat> that is, the high three average salary is calculated from basic pay and both letter carriers and USPS pay retirement contributions calculated on basic pay. Before the 1994-1998 to 1998 national agreement, COLA increases, on the other hand, were added to base salary but not to basic salary at the time they became effective. So each letter carrier had two salary rates a basic rate that excluded COLA increases accumulated during the term of an agreement, and a base rate that included the COLA increases. The base salary rate was used to figure overtime and shift premiums, call-in pay, leave pay, and holiday pay, but not to compute retirement benefits. During the 1970s, the parties agreed that, at the start of each new national agreement, the total of accumulated COLA increases paid during the preceding agreement would be rolled in added to what became known in 1978 as the basic salary rate. In this way, the credit for COLA raises would start to apply toward raising the high three for retirement purposes. This system changed with the 1981 contract, which delayed the roll-in of previously accumulated COLA by another full contract term for most employees. So, for instance, the roll-in of $3,619 in COLA increases accumulated during the 1978-1981 national agreement was delayed. Rather than occurring near the start of the 1981 agreement, the roll-in occurred for most employees in October 1984. An exception was made for employees who were eligible for optional retirement, or who would become eligible for it within six years after the start of the 1981 agreement. Those employees exercised an option that permitted them to roll in their COLA in November 1981. This roll-in option protected carriers whose high three salary and retirement benefits otherwise would have been reduced as a result of the three-year roll-in delay. The automatic immediate roll-in of COLA to basic salary means that carriers begin to earn retirement credit on their COLA increases as soon as they are paid. 9.4 Section 4 Application of Salary Rates The employer shall continue the current application of salary rates for the duration of this agreement. Section 5. Granting Step Increases The employer will continue the program on grant and step increases for the duration of this agreement. See Memo, page 176. Step Increases In the 1990 contract, the parties agreed in the National Memorandum of Understanding reprinted below that step increases would not be delayed for performance reasons. The memorandum remains effective during the term of the 2019 National Agreement. Step Increase Progression The step increase program is contained in ELM section 422.13, which sets forth the following progression for city letter carriers who receive career appointments before January 12, 2013. And here we have a chart, which we're probably all familiar with, of the step progressions for table one. And it has A through O, and then P, and how long the waiting period is for each one. If you want to see that chart, I refer you to page 9-6. The promotion pay anomaly occurs when a table one letter carrier is promoted to a carrier technician position, begins a new waiting period for the next step increase in that level, and as a result earns less for certain periods than if the carrier had never been promoted. This anomaly occurs because in certain situations, the carrier would have received a step increase earlier if he or she had not been promoted. The anomaly is an unintended result of the 1984 contract negotiations in which the Interest Arbitration Panel added several new steps to letter carriers' pay levels. The anomaly typically occurs when a non-carrier technician is promoted to a carrier technician position. For example, consider the case of a carrier hired in October 2001 at non-carrier technician step A, whose first scheduled step increase to non-carrier technician step B was set for August 2003. In December 2002, after serving 60 weeks, she'd been on a carrier technician position and was required to begin a new waiting period for a step increase to carrier technician step B. Her pay increased immediately by approximately $1,701 annually, yet 36 weeks later she would have received a step increase to non-carrier technician Step B had she not been promoted, which would have raised her salary by $3,327 annually. So 36 weeks after her promotion, the carrier was earning $34,918 annually at carrier technician step A, or $1,626 less than she than what she would have earned had she never been promoted. In this case, the pay anomaly abated when the carrier reached carrier technician step B, because that salary was higher than that for the non-carrier technician step B. However, the anomaly then recurred 60 weeks later, when she would have received a step increase to non-carrier technician step C had she never been promoted. This is because the non-carrier technician step C salary exceeds that for carrier technician step B. In fact, the anomaly would continue off and on until the carrier reaches carrier technician step D. From that point forward, the carrier technician salary would generally be above what she would have earned by staying in a non-carrier technician position. 1990 Settlement. In the 1990 in 1990, the NALC and Postal Service reached an agreement to resolve the promotion pay anomaly. It provided that no employee will as a consequence of promotion at any time be compensated less than that employee would have earned if the employee had not been promoted but had instead merely advanced in step increments in that employee's grade as a result of fulfilling the waiting time periods for waiting time requirements for step increases. This includes affected employees who are or were promoted to a higher grade and subsequently reassigned to their former grade. For each pay period following promotion, the employee's basic salary will be compared to the basic salary the employee would have received for that pay period if the employee had not been promoted. For those periods, the latter amount is higher. The difference will be paid to the employee in a one-time lump sum payment. The lump sum payments are provided by the The lump sum payments provided by the settlement are calculated based on all paid hours, including paid leave. This includes straight time hours, overtime hours, and any applicable premium pay. The lump sums are paid on a quarterly basis on a schedule determined at the beginning of each calendar year. Because these payments are not part of a carrier's basic pay, they are not considered when determining CSRS or FERS contributions or figured as part of the high-three average salary for retirement purposes. Who is affected? The promotion pay anomaly ordinarily affects only those carriers who are at step C or below. Except in a few cases in which a carrier loses more than 88 weeks in waiting for a promotion, by the time a carrier reaches step D, the pay schedule works as intended. The promotion to a carrier technician position results in a salary that is continuously higher than what the carrier would have received in a non-carrier technician position. Return to a non-carrier technician position. The 1990 settlement also also required, no, the 1990 settlement agreement also required that ELM section 422 be modified to make clear that employees returning to a non carrier technician position must be assigned to the step and the next step increase date as if service had been uninterrupted in the non carrier technician position. In other words, all time, including time spent in the carrier technician position, is credited toward determining the date of the next periodic step increase in the non-carrier technician position. As a practical matter, this means that any carrier technician who later successfully bids on a route ends up exactly where they would have been in pay terms had they never left the non-carrier technician position. In such situations, the time temporarily lost as a result of beginning a new waiting period as a carrier technician, is fully restored. Repromotion to a carrier technician position. A particularly complex situation arises in the occasional case of carriers repromoted to a carrier technician position, that is, when periods of time spent in a carrier technician position are interrupted by a period of time in a non-carrier technician position. This situation is controlled by the provisions of ELM section 422.123.a.4. That section specifies that a re-promoted employee is placed in the higher level with credit toward the next periodic step increase as if the employee had remained continuously in the previously held carrier technician position. For example, Say a carrier was promoted from non-carrier technician step B to carrier technician step B and then returned to non-carrier technician step B and subsequently received a step increase to non-carrier technician step C. If the carrier then successfully bids on a carrier technician position a second time, he will not necessarily be placed in carrier technician step C. This is because he started a new waiting period for his increase to carrier technician step C when he was first promoted to carrier technician. Upon his return to a carrier technician position, his waiting period for the step C increase will be reestablished as if he had never returned to a non carrier technician position. Calculating promotion pay anomaly payments. Generally speaking, so long as the individual service history and hours information about an employer correct, anomaly payments will be calculated and paid correctly by the Postal Service. In In a few cases, carriers may experience difficulty receiving the correct payments because there are mistakes in their service histories in Postal Service records. In such cases, the carrier or the union representative should contact the National Business Agent's Office for assistance. If it is determined that a carrier's step placement or waiting period was incorrectly established in the past, the Postal Service will calculate the amount of the resulting overpayments or underpayments. In the case of overpayments, it is possible that the Postal Service will initiate an employer claim under the provisions of Article 28. In the case of underpayments, the Postal Service will make the carrier whole by making a separate payment. Such payments are made to correct a mistake and should not be confused with promotion pay anomaly payments. ELM section 422.2 was changed effective October 14th, 2017. This change modified the promotional pay situation for letter carriers in table 1 who are initially promoted from a non-carrier technician position to a carrier technician position after October 14th, 2017. The new rules are, Letter carriers who are promoted from a non-carrier technician position to a carrier technician position receive a 2.1% pay increase, remain in the same step, and retain their waiting period step credit toward their next step increase. The new step progression waiting period between steps was modified by the DOS Interest Arbitration Award for career letter carriers who receive career appointments on or after January 12, 2013. The waiting period between steps is 46 weeks for each step. The 2019 National Agreement added a new Step P to the salary schedule for Table 2, but did not change the total time to reach Step O, 12.4 years. And here we have the step progression for Table 2 for people who were appointed after January 12, 2013, hated Table 2, and it has all the letters from A all the way through P and the waiting period, and you can look at that chart if you want. It is on page 9-9. Letter carriers in Table 2 who were initially promoted from a non-carrier technician position to a carrier technician position prior to October 14, 2017, received a promotional pay step increase and will retain the step increase awarded under the promotion pay rules that were in effect at that time. And here's uh, some um, citations. However, there is an exception to this rule. Letter carriers who are awarded a non-carrier technician position from a carrier technician position lose the promotional pay step increase they received when they were promoted. They are placed in the step and with credit toward their next step increase as if all career postal service had been in a non-carrier technician position. Letter carriers who lose their promotional pay step increase by being awarded a non-carrier technician position from a carrier technician and then later are awarded a carrier technician position receive the promotional pay step increase they lost. The employee is assigned to the next step in the carrier technician position with waiting period credit toward the next step date as if he or she had remained continuously in that previously held carrier technician position. ELM Section 422.2 was changed effective October Fourteenth, 2017. This change modified the promotional pay situation for letter carriers in Table 2 who are initially promoted from a non-carrier technician position to a carrier technician position after October Fourteenth, 2017. The new rules are, Letter carriers who are promoted from a non-carrier technician position to a carrier technician position receive a 2.1% pay increase. Remain in the same step and retain their waiting period step credit toward their next step increase. 9.6. Section 6. Protected Salary Rates. The employer shall continue the current Salary Rate Protection Program for the duration of this agreement. Salary Rate Retention. Section 6 specifically continues in effect the three salary rate retention provisions contained in ELM Section 422.225. These are 1. Protected Rate. ELM Section 422.225D. 1. Under the circumstances described in this section, a a career employee assigned to a non carrier technician position will continue to receive the salary paid as a carrier technician for a maximum period of two calendar years. 2. Saved Rate ELM Section 422.225D2 An employee receives permanent saved rate salary protection when management gives him or her a permanent, non-disciplinary, and involuntary assignment to a non-carry technician position due to a management action such as a change in job ranking criteria affecting more than one person under the same job description. Saved rate protection is also available to employees receiving a red circle salary amount in excess of the maximum for the level. 3. Saved grade level ELM Section Four Two Two Point Two Two Five D Three. Saved grade level provisions can be invoked only in accordance with the applicable bargaining agreement, e.g., Articles Four Point Three or Forty One Point Three Point Zero. The saved grade level is in effect indefinitely unless the employee fails to bid for vacant jobs in the saved grade level for which he or she is qualified. Nine Point Seven. Section 7, City Carrier Assistance, CCAs. The CCA hourly rates in in Table 3 shall be adjusted by the general increases provided for in Article 9.2. In addition, CCAs will receive the following wage adjustments. Effective November 23, 2019, CCA hourly rates in Table 3 shall be increased by 1%. Effective November 21st, 2020, the CCA hourly rates in Table 3 shall be increased by 1%. Effective November 20th, 2021, the CCA hourly rates in Table 3 shall be increased by 1%. Effective November 19th, 2022, the CCA hourly rates in Table 3 shall be increased by 1%. CCA wages. Section 7 provides that city carrier assistants are employed at the hourly rates as stated in Table 3, Steps AA and BB. They also receive four general wage increases as provided for in Article 9.2 and four additional wage adjustments of 1.0, 1.0, 1.0, and 1.0% ending on November 19, 2022. The determination of which step a CCA will be paid is addressed in Appendix B-2. is addressed in appendix b 1 general principles section e of the 2019 national agreement appendix b appendix b is the reprinting of section 1 of the 2013 dos award the creation of a new non-career employee category provisions of the dos award that were modified in the 2019 national agreement are indicated in bold these provisions that are reflected in another part of the National Agreement or Joint Contract Administration Manual are not reprinted herein. 1. General Principles E. The hourly rate for CCA employees shall be established in accordance with the City carry Assistance Schedule, Table 3. The parties may mutually agree to increase the CCA pay rates should they determine that it is necessary for the recruitment or retention of CCAs. Adjustments to salary shall be in accordance with Article 9.7. The pay rate for CCAs who were TEs on their five-day break on the effective date of the 2011 National Agreement, January 10, 2013, are eligible for the higher hourly pay rate in Step AA and Step BB if hired as a CCA. 9.8. Section 8. New Steps. NALC RSCQ seven table two will be modified to include a new entry step AA for the hourly basic rates of part time flexible PTF employees. The step AA hourly basic rate will be equal to step A of the full time slash part time regular employees hourly basic rate in table two. The waiting period from PTF Step AA to PTF Step A in Table two will be forty six weeks. Upon conversion to full time, part time flexible employees in RSCQ seven, Table two, will be slotted into the full time step commensurate with their number of weeks as a PTF and retain their time credit toward the next step. All time spent as a PTF will be added together to determine what step and in step credit All time spent as a PTF will be added together to determine what step and in-step credit a letter carrier will be awarded when converted to full-time status. For instance, if a letter carrier spends 46 weeks as a PTF at step AA and 26 weeks as a PTF at step A before being converted to full-time status, they would be placed in step B with 26 weeks credit toward their next step increase when converted to full-time status. Effective November 19, 2022, NALC RSCQ Table 1 and NALC RSCQ 7 Table 2 will be modified to include an additional step P that is $444 more than step O of the basic salary schedule in Tables 1 and 2. The waiting period in Step O to reach Step P of the Basic Salary Schedule in Tables 1 and 2 will be 46 weeks. Employees with at least 46 weeks in Step O of the Basic Salary Schedule in Tables 1 and 2 on November 19, 2022 will advance to Step P in the Salary Schedule, and employees with less than 46 weeks will advance upon reaching 46 weeks. And now we get to the memo section. This is a memo between the USPS and the Joint Bargaining Committee, which is the APWU and the NALC. It is regarding granting step increases. The parties agree that periodic step increases will not be withheld for reason of unsatisfactory performance and that all other aspects of the current step increase procedures remain unchanged unless otherwise provided for by the 1990 National Agreement. The Employee and Labor Relations Manual, ELM, shall be amended to conform with the above stated agreement. And here we have another memo. This one is between the post office and the NALC. This is regarding conversion of CCAs with creditable TE service. One, any city carrier assistant, CCA, who was employed as a transitional employee, TE, after September 29, 2007, and is converted to a career city carrier position on or after the ratification date of the 2016 national agreement, will be converted into the lowest Table 2 step that is higher than the employee's current CCA rate. The waiting time in that step will depend on whether the employee is eligible for an advancement to a higher step pursuant to the MOU regarding step credit for former transitional employees. Two, Employees who are eligible for step advancements pursuant to the MOU regarding step credit for former transitional employees will have the waiting time for the next step after conversion augmented by 46 weeks for for each additional step granted under paragraph 1 above. Subsequently, on May 26, 2018, or upon career conversion if converted after May 26, 2018, the employee will be advanced any eligible step credit pursuant to the MOU regarding step credit for former transitional employees, maintaining their current time and step credit to include any waiting time added at conversion. Three, employees who are not eligible for step advancement pursuant to the MOU regarding step credit for former transitional employees will advance to the next step of the salary schedule 46 weeks after conversion. The waiting time for the subsequent step increase will be augmented by 46 weeks weeks, for each additional step granted under paragraph 1 above. 4. Additionally, any career city carrier in Step A of Table 2 with prior creditable service as a TE after September 29, 2007 will advance to Step B of Table 2 on the first day of the first pay period after the ratification date of the 2016 National Agreement. Employees affected by this paragraph will will retain time in step credit augmented by 46 weeks. This MOU will apply to any CCA with credible TE service who was converted to career status during the term of the 2019 National Agreement? And the next memo is between the USPS and the NALC, and it is regarding step credit for formal transition for former transitional employees any city carrier assistant cca who was employed as a transitional employee te after September 29th 2007 and has been or will be converted to a career city carrier position may be eligible for a one-time advancement to a higher step to be determined as follows and here's a chart with the length of creditable te service and the number of additional steps so if you were a te Uh, two years but less than three years, you get one step, three years but less than four years, you get two steps, four years but less than five years, you get three steps, and for five or more years, you get four steps. For those eligible employees whose conversion to career date is on or before May 26, 2018, the one-time placement to a higher step will take effect on May 26, 2018. For those eligible CCA employees whose conversion to career date occurs after may 26 2018 the one-time placement to a higher step will take effect on the conversion date city carriers placed in a higher step under this memorandum will retain current time in step credit here's another memo between the usps and the nalc regarding pay schedule consolidation the parties hereby agree that effective november 28 no no effective november 24th 2018 all city carrier pay schedules will consolidate existing grade levels into a single grade as follows. Grade 1 career city carriers in RSCQ and RSCQ7 will slot into the equivalent step in grade 2 of their respective pay schedule and retain time and step credit. The remaining grade level will be classified as city carrier. Grade 1 CCAs in RSC Q4 and RSCQ 5 will slot into the equivalent step in Grade 2 of their respective pay schedule and retain time and step credit. The remaining grade level will be classified as City Carrier Assistant. Carrier Technician Pay Carrier Technicians, Occupation Code 2310-2010, and CCA Carrier Technicians, Occupation Codes 2310-0047 and 2310-0048, will receive additional compensation equivalent to 2.1% of the employee's applicable hourly rate for all paid hours. This additional compensation will be considered basic pay for all purposes of determining benefits or additional compensation, including, but not limited to, handbook and manual provisions regarding overtime and premium pay calculations, retirement benefits, life insurance benefits, rate retention, thrift savings plan contributions, back pay, leave, and injury compensation. Handbook or manual provisions which are inconsistent with the preceding sentence will be deleted or modified as appropriate. This additional compensation will not be considered a premium pay for for purposes of Article 8.4.f. City carriers temporarily assigned into carrier technician positions for a period of at least five workdays within seven calendar days will receive the additional carrier technician compensation during the assignment. Such temporary assignments will be awarded to the senior qualified ele- eligible available employee in the immediate work area in which the temporary vacancy exists. And now the next memo between the USPS and the NALC. This is the elimination of the Uh, regarding elimination of Step CC pay rate in CCA schedule. Effective June 19, 2021, the Step CC pay rate in RSC Q4 and Q5, Table 3, will be eliminated. Step BB and its pay rate will become the new entry step for new CCA hires. The new waiting period from Step BB to Step A will be 52 weeks. All CCAs in step CC of RSC Q4 and Q5 as of June 19, 2021 will advance to step BB and will maintain their current time and step credit towards step AA. CCAs in step BB of RSC Q4 and Q5 as of June 19, 2021 will have 12 weeks added to their current time and step credit towards step AA. And here is the next memo between the USPS and the NALC regarding upgrade of NALC represented employees. It is hereby agreed by the United States Postal Service and the National Association of Letter Carriers, AFL-CIO, that based on arbitrator Fleischley's September 19, 1999 Interest Arbitration Award regarding the upgrade of NALC represented grade 5 employees and maintaining the existing salary differential for NALC-represented Grade 6 Carrier Technician employees, as well as other considerations, the following procedures will apply. 1. Upgrade of NALC-represented Grade 5 employees. A. Effective November 18, 2000, all NALC-represented Grade 5 employees will be upgraded to new NALC Grade 1. The upgrade applies to full-time, part-time regular, part-time flexible, and transitional employees. The parties further agree that the new NALC Grade 1 salary schedule shall be implemented effective November 18, 2000. b. All NALC-represented Grade 5 employees will be upgraded to new NALC Grade 1 based on a step-to-step upgrade procedure. Effective November eighth, 2000, employees will be upgraded to new NALC Grade 1 at the same step they previously held in Grade 5. As an example, a Grade grade 5 Step A employee will be upgraded to the new NALC Grade 1 Step A, while Grade 5 Step O employees will be upgraded to the new NALC Grade 1 Step O. All upgraded employees will receive waiting period credit applied toward their next step for accumulated weeks served in their current step. 2. Maintaining the Carrier Technician Differential A. In order to maintain the carrier technician differential effective November 8, 2000, NALC represented grade 6 carrier technician employees, occupation code 2310-2010, will be placed into new NALC grade 2. NALC represented grade 6 vehicle operations and maintenance assistant employees, occupation code 2310-2012, will not be placed into new NALC grade 2. Instead, these employees will continue to be paid at new NALC grade 1. The parties further agree that the new NALC grade 2 salary schedule shall be implemented effective November 18, 2000. B., New NALC Grade 2 salaries will be developed by applying the dollar differential by step between NALC Grades 5 and 6 as of November 18, 2000. This dollar differential will then be added to new NALC Grade 1 by step to create new NALC Grade 2 by step, effective November 18, 2000. C. NALC Grade 6 Carrier Technician employees will be placed into new NALC Grade 2 based on a step-to-step procedure. Effective November 18, 2000, NALC Grade 6 Carrier Technician employees will be placed into the new NALC Grade 2 at the same step they previously held in Grade 6. As an example, Grade 6 Step A employees will be placed into new NALC Grade 2 Step A, while Grade 6 Step O employees will be placed into the new NALC Grade 2 Step O. All employees placed into the new NALC grade 2 will receive waiting period credit applied toward their next step based on accumulated weeks served in their current step. 3. Addressing the Promotion Pay Anomaly The parties intend to continue discussions either prior to or during national negotiations in in 2001 in an effort to permanently resolve the promotion pay anomaly associated with the NALC salary schedule. The parties agree this Memorandum of Understanding is a full and complete settlement of any claims that have been or could be asserted against the Postal Service with regard to the upgrade provisions of Arbitrator Fleischley's September 19, 1999 Interest Arbitration Award. This Memorandum of Understanding is being entered into on a non-precedential basis and may not be cited or used in any form whatsoever except to enforce its provisions, dated March 21, 2000 hey, that's it. We finished Article 9. All right, good job us. Article 10 is coming up next, which is leave. So we'll be talking about taking some vacation, how long you earn, uh, how fast you earn your leave, 39.71, stuff like that. Uh, This one, I'm scrolling through it right now. Uh, Hard to tell how long this one is so far, but whatever it looks like. It's not going to be crazy, so I can read it all at once. You know, it doesn't matter. We'll get to it when we get to it. All right, for now, all I got. Uh, thank you very much for listening and I will catch you next time.